Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Now, I have given up everything else, which I knew to be the only way to really know Christ. I haven't learned all I should, but I keep working towards the day when I will finally be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. Knowing him more and more, knowing me. Welcome to your Carl House. And now, our senior pastor, Reverend Gilbert Osei. Today I want to talk to you about grace and honor. Grace and honor. Beautiful way to begin the year. Grace and honor you can add in ministry. Or in Christianity. Grace and honor. Grace and honor. So, a lot of us, first point is, a lot of us have learned grace of God along the lines of salvation. What we have taught, what we have learned, when it comes to the grace of God, is in the lines of salvation. And that's not correct. To think the grace of God is only for salvation, that's a wrong teaching. The grace of God refers to the gifts of God. The grace of God refers to the gifts of God. Like Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, he says, For by grace you are saved, not of works, not of yourself. He says it is a gift of God least any man should boast. Grace you are saved, not of works, not of yourself. It is a gift of God least any man should boast. Let's look at it at least. So when I try to Explain it to make more. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, the verse 8. Mm-hmm. For by grace are ye saved. He says, For by grace are you saved. Through faith. Through faith. And that not of yourself. He says, It is not of yourself. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. Not of works. He says, It is not of works. Lest any man should. Lest boast. any man should what? Should boast. Next point. So, Paul gives us the character of grace. Paul gives us the character of grace. That grace is not of works. Grace is not of yourself. Grace is a gift of God that you should not boast. The character of grace says it is not of works. It is not of yourself. It is a gift. So nobody has a right to boast. 
Are you here? It also teaches that grace is something that the recipient doesn't determine. Grace is something that the recipient does not determine. He only receives. Grace is something that the recipient does not determine. He just receives. So when you talk about God's grace, the receiver of God's grace is not the determinant of the grace. He is just a receiver. When somebody is graced by God, the person who is being graced did not determine the grace they are enjoying. They are just receivers. That is why it is not of works. It is not of yourself. So there is no place for boosting. Grace is purely God. You have to pay attention so that you can follow where we are going. Grace is not determined by the receiver. Grace, the receiver is just a receiver. Are you here? Very well. Don't forget I said to you that the mistake we make in our Bible study and sometimes in our teaching is that any time we talk about grace, we only limit it to how you were saved. But grace in scripture is not only for salvation. So the characteristics of grace is not only for salvation. Grace is not only for salvation. So it's not only for by grace are you saved. No. Anywhere you find grace, the characteristics of grace accompanies it. Simply put, it's the same everywhere. Whether in salvation, in ministry, in operating the giftings, it is still not by works, not by yourself. It is a gift. Are you following? You can find another evidence in Titus chapter 3 verse 5. Titus chapter 3 the verse 5. Mm-hmm. Not by works of he righteousness. He says not by works of what? Righteousness. Righteousness which, which we have done. Which we have done. But according to his mercy. But according to his mercy. He saved us. He saved us. By the washing of regeneration. By the washing of regeneration. And renewing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So this also talking about salvation. Says it is not by anything the recipient has done. That is the characteristics of grace. God's grace has got nothing to do with the receiver. God's grace has got nothing to do 
with a receiver. Now, I have given you two scriptures that all are talking about salvation. Write this in capital, but it is wrong to restrict grace to only salvation. It is wrong to restrict salvation, grace, sorry, to only salvation. So when we preach that grace is something you do nothing when we are talking about salvation, have it at the back of your mind that the grace of God is not only in salvation. The grace of God is not only in salvation. I did nothing and I was saved. It is not only salvation grace that you do nothing or the recipient does nothing. Know the characteristics of grace that in grace you don't qualify. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. Romans chapter 5 the verse 8. Romans chapter number 5 the verse number 8. Romans chapter 5 the verse 8. Mm-hmm. But God commendeth his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners. In that whilst we were still unqualified. Christ did what? Died for us. He died for us. That's the grace of God. Write this again. Very important. So the same way you can relate to grace and salvation. The same way you can relate to grace and God's salvation. The same way you relate to grace and God's salvation. That in salvation, the recipient does not have to be a perfect person. The same way when you are talking about God's grace in salvation. You mention that the recipient does not have to be perfect. You know what we just read? He says, God commended his love to us in that whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is grace. That the people Jesus died for were not perfect people. His grace of salvation came to sinners. God gave his spirit to sinners in that whilst we were still sinners, Christ died. So have that mindset. That is the formula. That when it comes to the grace of God. It does not only apply to salvation. We have overemphasized grace and salvation. When we see men operate the giftings of God. We don't see that is the same formula. I'm coming. It will make sense. So when you restrict God's grace to only salvation, you are incorrect. 
Because grace is God's DNA. When you restrict grace to only salvation, you are incorrect. That means you don't understand God's character. God's DNA is grace. God's DNA is grace. And the formula, the character of grace, I've explained to you, that it has nothing to do with the recipient. You are saved by grace. It is not of works, lest anybody should boast about it. The same way, the same way, in every aspect of Christianity, the grace of God and His character or characteristics are the same. Are you here? I step back and I move on because I'm moving forward. I'm saying that throughout we've learned grace as something you don't qualify. But sadly, we overemphasize grace in the area of salvation. So we think that the grace of God is only to save people. But God's grace and the characteristics of the grace that brought you salvation. That it is not anything you did for God to save you. It is not because you were perfect. The grace of God has a DNA. The grace of God has a character. And that character is that God's grace always goes to people who don't qualify. God's grace is always not about you. God's grace is not determined by the recipient. As a receiver of God's grace, you just receive. How you even got it, you can't explain. That's why sometimes, you know sometimes you can even doubt your salvation. Wow, how are you bad? <laughs> you don't know why. But that is God's grace. It is not about the perfection of the receiver. It is God who gives it. Are you following? And I'm saying... That we have done injustice to grace to limit grace to only salvation. So for the next three weeks, we are going to look at grace holistically. Am I making sense? Okay. Let's move step forward now. So I said that grace is God's DNA. Grace is God's character. Grace is God's DNA. Nyamisu That's God's character. He can't do anything except through grace, by grace, for grace, in grace. God doesn't step out of grace. If you see anything that God is doing and it's not by grace, it's not God. That's what it is. That the grace of God is God's DNA. It's God's character. And I have explained to you that this grace is not of yourself. It is not of works. It is a gift. So that the recipient can't boast. Because you don't qualify. You only boast about things you did. But things you can't explain. How do you boast about it? How did you sleep last night? How did you wake up? 
There are things you can't explain because it is beyond you. Are you here? So God's character is grace. God's DNA is grace. Next point. So in the same breath, the term grace, just like used in salvation, so in the same breath, the term grace, just like it is used for salvation, was equally used for ministry. The term grace. In that same breath, the grace you are saved through faith, not of works, not of yourself, it is a gift of God. In that same breath, just like grace is used for salvation, grace is also used for ministry. Nyamia Juma. Ministry. And that should call your attention quickly. That oh, when it comes to ministry too, the same formula of grace works. Really, yes. Next point, write this in capital for me. That the same way you relate to the facts, the same way you will relate to the fact that the recipient needs not to be perfect, the same way you will relate to the fact that the recipient of God's grace into bracket salvation needs not to be perfect, that the recipient needs not to fit your bill of how things should look like, then if grace is used for ministry too, then this should cause you to think. Hmm. I take it again. Pay attention. It's very key. I said the same way you relate with the fact that the recipient of God's grace in salvation, the same way you relate with the fact that the recipient of God's grace in salvation need not to be perfect, that the recipient of God's grace in salvation needs not to fit into your bill of how things should look like, then, if grace in the Bible is also used for ministry, that should cause me to think before I speak concerning things of ministry. I'm talking about grace and ministry. If this is how God operates, He operates under grace. His method is grace. Irrespective of who you are. You don't qualify for it. He gives you grace. And you are saved. You can meet somebody. The person is smoking. The person is doing something that all society frowns at. Pick a common one. Hey, he's a gay. But God does not look at the person's action. The grace of God saves anybody. 
Somebody say, Pastor, are you saying that somebody who has killed people, killed people, I mean killed human beings, when he gets saved, you go to heaven. He's not just going to heaven. Paul did not just kill people, he killed the saints. Disciples of Christ, yet he is the most used man in the New Testament. If Paul was in our time, he would be a suicide bomber. Like how people go to churches and blast. Paul is the man that got converted and the disciples have to question God. God, are you sure you are calling this guy? No, Jesus. Hold on. No. Maybe you have been gone for a while, so you don't know what's happening. You don't have current affairs. Have you heard of this guy called Saul Paul? Paul Saul. He has been killing your saints. He said he's a brother. Is somebody here? The recipient of God's grace is never perfect. The same way in ministry. Let's get to the Bible. Now, let me take you to where I'm going. Romans chapter 12. Amazing. Everybody turn your Bibles. Romans chapter 12. Let's start from verse 4. Please open your Bible so you can follow the teaching of God's word. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. Romans chapter 12, from the verse 4. Aha. For as we have many members in one body. He says, as we have many members in one body. And all members have not the same office. He says, and all members have not what? The same office. The same what? Office. The word office there means function. Take note of that. That word office implies function. So read it with function. Take it again. Romans chapter 12, the verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, mm-hmm. and all the members not, have not the same function. He says we are many members in one body, but not every member has the same word. Function. Function. Watch this. How, watch, take your time. How did we get into the body? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 13. Put your hand here and go. Let's see how we got there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 13. How did we get into the body? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the verse 14. 13. 13. For by one spirit are we he all says, baptized. He says, for by one spirit are we all what? Baptized. Baptized into, into what? One body. Into one body. Whether we be Jews Whether or you are Israelite or you are not from Israel. Bond or free. Uh-huh. And have been all and have been all made to drink into one spirit. So we all came to the body through Jesus Christ through salvation. So he says we are all saved. We have all been saved but even though we have all been saved by the same Holy Spirit we don't all have the same function. We all have the same Holy Spirit but when it comes to functioning in the body of Christ we are not the same. Take it again. Back to Romans chapter. Romans chapter 12, mm-hmm. the verse 4. Mm-hmm. For as we have many members in one body. As we have many members in one body. And all members have not the and same And all function. members have not the same what? Function. Function. Pause. 
Now, please write this. Paul used the human body, or he uses the description of the human body to explain some facts about the kingdom of God. Paul is using the human body to describe, to explain certain truth to us. So take note. One, that we have the same righteousness. We have the same righteousness. We have the same access to God in prayer. We have the same righteousness. His righteousness is our righteousness. We are all righteous on the same level. We have the same access to God in prayer. We all, through Jesus Christ, have obtained access to God. Three, we have the same spirit. All believers have been baptized into one spirit. For we have the same inheritance. We have the same inheritance. We have the same inheritance as Christians. Five, we have the same use of the name of Jesus. We can all use the name of Jesus. We can. But this is where it is important to understand. But we don't have the same function. We don't have the same function. Write this with capital, with asterisks. Do not mistaken salvation grace for ministry grace. Do not mistaken salvation grace for ministry grace. Don't make that error. It is dangerous. It is not the same. Salvation grace and ministry grace are not the same. Paul says we don't have the same function. We don't. Why did Paul say that? Go back. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 verse 4. Look at uh, 5. Verse 5. Mm-hmm. So we being many. So he says so we being many. What? Are one body in Christ. We are one body in Christ. And every one member one of another. And every one member one of another. Having then gifts different differing according to the grace. He says having then us, what? Having then gifts. Different according, according to what? To the grace that is given to us. He says we have different giftings according to what? The grace that is given to us. According to the grace that is what? Given, given to, to us. Whether prophecy. Take your time. You are rushing it. Take your time. Let's go back. You have to understand this. Take it again. Five. Verse five. Mm-hmm. So we... 
Sorry. Many. He says, don't forget. Let's start from four. He's telling you that uh, from as four. As we have many members. As we have body. many members in one body. That is, we are all Christians in Christ. And all members have not the but same But in Christ, we are all in Christ together. But in Christ, we don't have the same function. A Christian should not make that error. That even though we have been saved by grace together, when it comes to function, we don't have the same function. Is somebody here? He explains why we don't have the same function. Continue. Please look through your Bible. Romans so, chapter 12 verse 5. Romans don't look at anybody's face. Aha. So we, so we, being many, even though we are many, are one body. In we are Christ, one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Aha, uh-huh. six, six. Having then gifts differing according. He says we have gifts that is different according to the grace. According that is to the to grace us. that is given to us. Whether prophecy. Hold on. Please write it in capital. That means. Write it so you don't forget. That means. The grace for ministry. Differs. The grace for ministry. Is different. The grace for ministry. Is different from the grace for salvation. We are all saved the same. Take 6 again, everybody. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Aha. Uh-huh. Having then, having then gifts differing, differing according, to, according the grace to the grace that is given to us. That is given to us. That means everybody has been given a grace because of the function. Is somebody here? Having gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Next point. So Paul is teaching us about the grace that is given to him. Look at verse 3. Let's look at the grace Paul is talking about. Romans chapter 12, 12, verse 3. Verse 3. Aha. For I say, say, through the grace given to to who? Me. Did you notice he uses Acts and then now he's using me? There is a one for everybody and then there is a one for him. Take it. He says what? For I say, for I say, through the grace given to me. What I am telling you, I am telling you through the grace. That is given to me. To every man. To every man that is amongst you. Not to think of himself. himself More highly. More highly. Than he ought to think. think. But But every man should think soberly. According as God has has dealt to every man. The measure of faith. Hey. He says. I have been given a grace so I can instruct you based on the function God has given me in the body. And what I am instructing you is don't think highly more than you ought to. Is somebody here? 
The instruction is that do not think of yourself outside how you should think of yourself. Do not think of yourself outside how you should think of yourself. Know your place. Don't be Christocentric and talk anyhow. Some people, small thing they know in the Bible, they think they and every pastor is the same. Don't think of yourself highly than you ought to think. It's dangerous. He says, how should you think? Look at the B part of first Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Romans chapter 12, the verse 3. Mm-hmm. But to think soberly. But you should do what? Think, think soberly, soberly. According as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. He says you should think what? Soberly. So, so any time you are thinking, before you open your mouth to talk about ministry, think. So you don't speak above. Watch your mouth. So you don't say things you don't qualify to say. The only way you start going where you shouldn't go is when you are thinking highly of yourself. You have to understand the grace that is given to men to function in the body of Christ. When you understand that, the next thing you do is to make sure that you think according to your level. The third thing you do, that you must think soberly. I'm coming. We're going somewhere. Another key thing. Please, read the last part again. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Verse 3. The verse 3. Mm-hmm. But to think soberly according as God hath dealt to He says man. you should think soberly according to how God has what? Dealt to every man the measure of faith. The measure of faith. Now, Paul, where does he use the word measure? Paul, in his teaching, uses that word measure. That's not the first time he used the word measure in his epistles. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, when he was talking about the gifts in the body, he used the word measure. Check it out. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter, chapter 4. 4, verse 7. Everybody, turn your Bible study. It's a Bible study class. Turn your Bibles. So you don't look at my face like I'm saying something. He says what? Ephesians chapter 4, the verse 7. Uh-huh. But unto everyone that every one of us is given grace according He says everyone is giving grace according, according to, to the what? measure of the gift of according Christ. According to the measure of the gift of who? Christ. And in verse 11 he says he gives some and he gave some apostles. He gave some as apostles, and some, some prophets, as prophets, and some, some as evangelists, some and some pastors and teachers. teachers. Are you seeing the difference? So when he speaks of measure, he is talking about functioning in the body of Christ. That there is a grace for everybody and there is a grace to function in an office. Next point. Paul says you must not think above the grace that is given to you. Don't think above the grace that is given to you. Don't think above the grace that is given to you. 
That means there are things that are beyond you. There are things that are higher than you. This is Paul talking, not Peter. Nobody understands the revelation of Christ, who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ more than Paul. So if Paul is instructing, we should pay attention. The man that taught us who we are, what we have, what we have become, is telling us that in this grace I came to teach you. There is grace for salvation. And there is grace for ministry. Make sure you don't think beyond your level. You must be sober in your thinking. Next point. Let's go back to Romans chapter 12 verse 3. Again. Romans chapter 12 verse 3. Romans chapter 12 verse 3. Mm-hmm. For I say. For I say. Through the grace given unto me. Through the grace that is given unto me. To I am every, speaking on that level. Uh-huh. To every man that is among you. Not to think of himself. More highly than he ought to think. So another point. Paul is saying. That you should think based on the ministry God has given to you. Paul said we should think based on the ministry that God has given to us. And that shows us that we are salvation mates. But we are not grace mates. We are salvation mates. But we are not grace mates. We are saved by the same spirit, have the same righteousness, but when it comes to grace for ministry, we are not classmates. He says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Just because we are members of the same body. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Just because we are members of the same body. We are members of the same body, but we don't have the same function. We are members of the same body, but we don't have the same function. That means that the fact that we have the same Holy Spirit... That means that the fact that we have the same Holy Spirit does not mean we have the same function. Or we function the same way. And you must realize this. And the earlier you realize it, the better for you. You must. Every believer that is knowledgeable in the Word of God must understand this truth. You must. This is very important to me. The next point. Write it in capital. End with asterisk. Very important. Hear me and hear me good. We may have people. We have issues. With what they teach. We may have people. Men of God. Churches. That we have issues with what they teach. But we can't equate what they teach. With the grace on their life. 
Don't make that error. You can know how to explain scriptures more than a bishop. It doesn't equate the grace on his life. Don't make that error. Pastor Chris will always say that we have folks that we might not agree with the doctrines they preach. But we must always understand that what they preach and what they believe we cannot equate that with the grace of God on their life. Never. Don't make an error. The fact that you know a pastor who may be wrongly explaining a scripture doesn't make him your co-equal. It doesn't give you right to talk anyhow. And hear me and hear me good. If you heard nothing, hear this. That the grace was not given because of what they teach. Or even what they believe. The grace was not given to them. I've told you grace, office, function, was not given to them because of the doctrine. Because the grace always precedes what they teach or what they believe. Don't forget that. The grace always precedes. I was called as a baby in my mother's womb. My mother received prophecy over 30 something years ago. In fact, before I was born, so 44 years. Whilst I was in her womb, her mother went to church and they prophesied to the mother that her daughter was carrying a prophet from Antoinama. Ah? Huh? How possible? My grandmother insulted the pastor. You are a false prophet. The truth is that all my children are young. Nobody is even married to get pregnant. She did not know my mother was pregnant. She didn't. Insulted and left the church program. So the pastors gathered elders to come to her to apologize to her if they have embarrassed her. And also caution her that if a word is given her, you might not know. There's nothing wrong with asking your children. Because you don't go everywhere with your children. So after she has calmed down, she started asking. You know how Jesus said, one of you will betray me. There are eight of them. This one says no. And my mother is the last but one out of eight. How can she be pregnant? But she was the one who was pregnant. One of the things my mother said she feared when she walked in town in Nigeria and saw my flyer. She feared to come close to me because she left me as a baby in their compound house at Ashtown. 
at age three. When she carried and they told her I'll be a prophet, she thought everything was going to be okay. And her boyfriend has disappointed her, left me and went. The next time she sees me, in my 30s, I was a prophet. She said she feared that the baby she held in her womb, that they told her would be a prophet. That she was not even a churchgoer. That boy, nobody told me the prophecy till I met my mother at 30 something. My father didn't know. Nobody knew. My grandmother didn't know. I stayed with my grandmother. Nobody told me. So as she was telling me her shock, I was also shocked that my path had been led to become a prophet. I'm going somewhere. Follow. So, operated a prophetic ministry for how long? I was given the grace before the knowledge of Christ that I received four years ago. The grace was given before the knowledge. The grace. My life has been a blessing to several people all over the world. 27 countries of the world. Different states. In UK alone, I preach for Redeemed Church in more than 100 churches. In the US, 26 states in the US. 26 states. Nigeria, 16 states. Nigeria has 34 states. I preach in 16. America has 50, 50 or 52. I preach in more than Everywhere. Stadiums. So if you confuse, if you confuse salvation grace with ministry grace, you'll be doing yourself a great disservice. Now the fact that somebody butchers the scriptures does not mean God's grace is not on them. Two years ago, I was, in, I was in Nigeria. And a man called me on the phone. He said, Prophet, when I met you, I used to drive a C-class. I was driving you to church and you told me to get down out of the car. And you poured oil on me and blessed me. Today, every big city in Nigeria, I have a hotel, I have a house, I have an office. He says, when I look at 2008 and now, it's like it's two human beings. There is grace. There is grace. There is grace for salvation. And there is grace for ministry. He's the man who gave me all those buses. I think he has given me six cars. He says, anytime I give you a car, something happens to my business. My friends don't understand. He says, that's why I do it. Because I remember where you met me. The same day I met the young man, it was the same day I told him he has a cousin. The former governor of Delta State, that your cousin will be arrested. 
and in prison. Go and tell him that he should change his ways. He sent a message to me that I am a false prophet. If I want money, I should come and beg. So he will give me. Two, three years down the line, he was arrested, as I said, in prison in Dubai. And he bought me a first class ticket on Emirates. I enjoyed I remember they bought a ticket for $14,000. Then, I bathed in the plane. I bathed. I was from America. I was in America and he said he wants to see me. I enjoyed. When I went, he was on the floor. I will never forget in my life. I went to the prison in Dubai. He was on the floor, lying on the floor, former governor, one of the richest Nigerians. He was on the floor. When I got there, they called him, hey, by his first name. He came, they said, a man is looking for you. He said, ah, I just wanted to apologize to you. Some years ago, you told me. Yes. Yes. So that the fact that somebody does not properly explain scripture does not necessarily mean they don't carry God's grace on their life. Don't make a mistake. So grace was not given because of what they believe or what they teach. I said grace precedes their development. Grace precedes their success or otherwise in ministry. So you must never equate how somebody explains scripture with the grace on their life. You must never look at a man's congregation to determine whether they carry grace or not. Don't make that error. Don't make that error. Sadly, some people assume that the minute you can study and understand scriptures, you are up there. And nobody is nobody. Don't talk like a fool. Don't. Paul, upon all his encounter with Jesus Christ himself, still subjected himself to be discipled. The man that discipled Paul didn't do a quarter of the work Paul did. But without him, Paul wouldn't have been Paul. You can't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. You can't. We assume, don't assume. Don't just live life of assumption. The youth of today, we talk anyhow. Because of politics, people talk with no respect. What you don't respect, you can never attract. Sometimes we forget who we are in our culture. Sebi, me wa fakura wo yo hieni niti mene nkasa by heart. It's a fact. 
you can make your point without being disrespectful. You can make your point. I've knelt down to a pastor and told him he was wrong. With scripture. He's a senior man of God. He was butchering the scriptures. I knelt down. So that I don't get carried away. And I said, sir, please, sir. Please, sir. Please, sir. Please, sir. Please, sir. Please, sir. Because of Facebook, people write any nonsense. Talk anyhow. Politicians talk. Citizens talk. Talk anyhow. Don't think of yourself too highly. Don't. It's dangerous. One of the things I learned when I traveled was to make sure I speak faith-filled words upon Ghana. This is not a political statement. Um, I'm just not happy with how things are. Maybe I had too much expectation for the government. But the point is, the more we keep using our mouth as Christians to say, Ghana say, Ghana say, Ghana say, what are you doing? You are creating chaos. If we keep speaking, it is fault, it is fault. How would it be good? Because if whatever I say, I will receive. Why don't I use my mouth to say what I want to see? Forget about government. Forget about political party. Whether MPP or NDC, whoever we bring. Which is better? I didn't say don't complain when things are not right. But if you think you have what it takes to be a better leader. Every time you are using your mouth to say that, who are you going to lead? Animals? We should watch the things we say. I believe. I have become a believer of Ghana. What my eyes see there. It's not what I'm seeing. It's what I'm hoping for. That Ghana will be a better place. Because the way it is, if it should go west, how would our children survive? How would your children survive? Think about it. So, so that what you get. That you said it will not be well. You said that things will get worse and it has gotten worse. So we should clap for you. What's, 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 the, what's the reward in that? And when it got worse, you got another planet to live on. Trust me honestly, I don't even know who should become and be president of Ghana. All I want is I want it to be well. I want the citizens to have a better life. As a pastor, I want more jobs for people. I desire that the government will create roads, opportunities for people. 
so I cannot be using my mouth to be destroying what I want to see better. No. If you think the company you are working in, it is never going to be well. Leave. And let them have peace. You go there, you take salary, you are always also using your mouth. To say negative things about the company. The day it will collapse, you will go home like everybody. And sadly, you have complained that you are still sitting in that same company. Three years now, but no. If there is a better job, why don't you go? Some people will go and sit in the same office. They are using their internet and their electricity. Speak evil of the company. And still go and say that their salaries are delayed. Where do you want the salaries to come from? After you use your mouth to destroy it. The Bible says, In the tongue lies life and death. They that love it to eat the fruit thereof. If you feel it is not working, move to a place it is working. But on this note that you don't have anywhere to go, shut up. Or speak faith-filled words. Hello? Am I talking to you? Let's speak well on this nation. Or you have another nation to go. You be sacred, they bounce you. Not in the citizen. You didn't say they should make you a citizen. You just lied that you want to go and spend two weeks. You even knew you were not going for two weeks. That was why they didn't give you. See, if this Ghana, where exactly are you going? Togo? Or you think you can survive in Nigeria? <laughs> you are joking. Please. When they were sharing, that's what you got. When you woke up, nah, nah, I saw a video recently. <laughs> Where are you? He said, God, ah, no. Go up and infer. <laughs> Where do you want? America. <laughs> this is what you got. Let me wrap up. Are you here? Are you following? Next point. I said, you cannot think of yourself more highly than you ought to. We assume, don't assume. God has people like you and I. Ah, this is so important. God has people like you and I that he has granted by his providence his abilities to function in certain ways. God has people like you and I that he, God, has granted by his providence his ability to function in certain way. And you have to realize that. You have to realize that God in his own wisdom has given grace to people to function in certain areas of life. That's what it is. That's how God has made it. You may not like it. You may not agree with it. But that's how God has made it. It's as simple as that. It is called grace. There's nothing we merit when God is using somebody. The same way when God is saving somebody, people that don't deserve salvation receive salvation. The same way God is using people. 
Imagine if you were in Jerusalem. Will you go to Paul's church? With his history. You will be in church. Now you hear, then you will run. Why? Paul is coming. The next minute he says, he's reverend doctor. He's preaching. Preaching what? For who to come and listen? Is it not a trap? It took the disciples time to accept Paul. But God had chosen him. And when God is choosing people, he doesn't come for your approval. God chooses who he wants to choose. God uses who he wants to use. Question. Do you know why God chose Peter? Can you explain to me? How there were plenty of people in Jerusalem, but Jesus decided to choose only twelve. And the Bible says that the position, the place, the seat, these twelve seats, nobody can sit there. The question is, what was the criteria of their selection? Bible says in heaven. The Bible says the twelve they have seat. Brothers and sisters, where these twelve sit, even Paul doesn't sit there. How they were chosen. Question, how come amongst all the disciples that were there before Paul, when God was choosing to give the revelation of the church to somebody, why did he bypass Peter? The head of the apostles. If God has a revelation to give to the church, he left the leader and gave it to an outsider, a murderer, somebody the church saw as an enemy. Paul said, if you have heard of the grace of God. Ha, Ephesians, I love it. The man can write. He can write, oh, Paul. Or trauma, when we say, Akwei. Or trauma. Then, sure, Ben Peter now, a fisherman. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. Yeah, Peter.
God has given him some understanding. It's grace. Are you here? So, there are certain things you can't explain. Just like men saved, you can't explain the same way who God calls, why He calls them, how He called them, how He uses them. He doesn't need your explanation. He doesn't need your approval. He doesn't. There are certain things, the questions are beyond you and I. Why Paul? Why Peter? How can a man who denies you three times, you still come back and say he should lead the church? He didn't deny you once. So three, they asked him, does he know you? What if he goes to say he doesn't know you again after you have gone? <laughs> but that's God. Tell somebody that is God. So it is the same way we have to relate to the grace of God in ministry. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10. Paul is speaking. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 the verse 10. Mm-hmm. But by the grace of God. He says but by the grace of God. I am what I am. I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed and upon me. And his grace which was bestowed upon me what? Was not in vain. It was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly. He says I labored more abundantly than, than you all. Look, Paul is saying he labored more than all the apostles. He labored. Whatever, whatever. He labored more than you all. But the question is, was he boasting of his ability? He wasn't. He was boasting about the grace of God. So continue. He says... Yet not I. Yet not I. But the grace of God. But what? The grace of God. Which was with me. Ah. So even though I did what I did. I did it because I was given a grace. To function in a certain role. We are salvation mates. But we are not grace mates. said, yet not I. He didn't say, yet not I, but I am the righteousness of God. No. He didn't say, yet not I, because I am in Christ. No. He says, because of the grace that was given me. So, as believers, we need to realize the grace of God in ministry differs in people. The grace of God in ministry differs in people. If you are going to last in ministry, this is one of the first truths you must Understand and respect. You must respect it. That there is ministry grace. 
That's why Paul wants us to be sober. There are people who should go and learn. They should be sitting under people to learn from their grace. They think they can sit on Facebook and replicate what others are doing in their church. You are joking. You can copy the ambience. You can let your ushers dress the same way they dress. But for the grace, you can't copy. There are certain things you can easily look and do it too. But there are certain things, if God has not given you the grace for it, no amount of money can give it to you. It's as simple as that. If you like, go and sit in your room and watch all the matches of Real Madrid or Barcelona since it was started. You can still never be there. You can try, you. But that ability, is the truth. There are certain things, is grace. Of late, I just hate Man City. They pass the ball too much. They make other people tired for nothing. Obi Papa Yesterday I supported Asna because of Pastor Chris and Kwame Kumi. Oh! What oh, you don't have, you don't have. This one, don't tell Pastor Chris. I encouraged him yesterday. He was broken hearted. I told him how they nearly won, how they were stolen by brothers and sisters. Hey! can play 90% of the game. I've supported Chelsea for a long time in my life. I backslided, I fell. I went to chase after other teams. And I came back home. When Chelsea was Chelsea, our first Champions League, we won. But this is the two date. How Fernando Torres was left only at the center. Only when we get to heaven. Akwana Mbuhu, we have spent 50 million. This guy played nothing every day. We insulted Fernando. The last most important match in the history of Chelsea. But we We don't know how. All we saw on our TV. That the ball was at the center. He was the only person there. They were playing. They were going to score Chelsea. The next thing we saw. Fernando Torres. He's going. He's going. He's a goal. We have won Champions League. Man City has spent 1.4 billion pounds. They have seen Canaan. Their legs have never touched it. They have played better football than Chelsea. They have won whatever the age is, it's stories. Say, I'm free straw. It's just like Mayu. Since the day Alex Ferguson left, he took away their glory. So all their glory is in their past. The glory has departed. Ichabod. If you like, buy the whole world's players. 
when they brought Ronaldo, they thought they have won. They are still at six. Where Morido left them, <laughs> you will stay there until you respect your fathers. I've seen a prophecy about Mayu. They have to go and beg Morino. <laughs> they have to start with Morris. The West Ham coach, how they treated him. Morris. They have to go and beg him, take a cow, <laughs> ask for forgiveness, go to that Dutch man. They sack the man. The man said, you never talk to Morino to Jesus Christ. Because he has won the cup. And the day he won the cup, they have fired him at the stadium. and was bringing another man. So their sins are many. So they will suffer. At least, even if you put devil at your name, you will never make it in life. Red devils. Last point for the day. Kwame, Chichurwe, why? It shall be well. So, from next week, we'll be looking at characters. Very interesting story. A very, very interesting story. A very interesting story between two brothers. Cain and Abel. They are siblings' rivalry. It happens. Senior brother, junior brother thing. But sometimes people take it too far. And they disrespect grace on people's life. Cain was filled with bitterness. That drove him to murder his brother. Just because his brother was accepted. And he wasn't. And the sad thing is that after committing murder. He was still not accepted. That there are certain things you can never have, no matter what you do. To date, Abel is still accepted. Cain is still not accepted. I'm talking about grace and ministry. There's grace. There's grace. I sat in the Archbishop's office. And he told me that Gilbert, Bishop Doug is my son. But my son is bigger than me. Told me. Now even though he calls him his son, he sees that that man, Bishop Doug Edward Mills, is bigger than him. I saw recently Pastor Paul in Angel, the man with the biggest auditorium in the world. His auditorium sees a hundred thousand. His father is Bishop Oyedepo, who has a fifty thousand capacity church, kneeling at the airport for his father. So it is not about how big his church is, but the grace God has given that man. Their grace. Their grace. God. God has given His grace to men. Understand that they may not do 
what you think is right by scriptures, it doesn't equate the fact that they carry the grace of God. Never say you know the Bible and you don't know honor. Never. Learn to honor men because God's instrument, God's method on planet earth is man. God does nothing without men. And God has never used a perfect man before. Never. God has never. And God will never use a perfect man. Man is fallible. That's why I started by teaching you that if the grace to save is irrespective of yourself, the grace for ministry is irrespective of yourself. It's the same method. Same method. We look at the men God used throughout the Bible. Great things accomplished by these men. And see which of them qualified for. And which of them could you debunk the fact that they carried God's grace. God gives grace to men. When you understand the Bible, you become a man of honor. Honor is a life you live. I may not agree with every message that is preached. But I have vowed that in 2021 and beyond, I honor every man God has called. If I have a question, I don't listen. I am not the pastor to the body of Christ. I'm not the one coming to change Ghana. I was called to Yakar house. Paul says, take heed to the flock that God has made you an overseer. Because I am going to give account of you, not Ghana. God is not going to ask me about Ghana. He is going to ask me about the souls that came to me. So this year, I've told you our team has a more on it. More supernatural harvest by the Holy Ghost. In case you are not here. That's our team. The Holy Spirit mandates us to depopulate hell and populate heaven. It's our responsibility to get men saved, get men discipled, win souls for Jesus, train people in Christ, and our mantra for this year is focus. We mind our business. There will be several distractions. Stay focused. Don't be your own distraction. Some of you, your own mouth will put you in trouble. Mind the things you say. And say the things you mean. Don't speak by heart. Don't go... Where you are not supposed to go. Let this year be more for God. That you serve God more. 
you are more consistent with the things you do for God. You can't be worse than you were. You have to be better than you were. That's what everybody aspires to be. Focus. If it's a career, focus on your career. Focus on your family. Focus on your life. Focus on your academics. Focus. Don't spend your life on Facebook that nobody is paying you. If you are going to Facebook, make sure you are making money from there. Don't go and waste your life. Hey, I'm a Mac Brown. Is that your business? Does it add to your family? Does it bring food to your table? People just worry themselves. And it's the work of the devil. It's a distraction. Some people, they know everything in everybody's house. Yet nobody knows you. Mind your business. Find something to do with your life. When you are busy, you can never worry about other people's life. It's only useless lives that have time for other people. Hey, is this the husband? Are they married? She's not wearing a ring. Is it your business? Why can't you mind your own business like that? Are they friends? Are they planning to marry men? One of the things my pastor taught me, you can ask my wife, we don't discuss church in the household. I've told her, and she knows, and that's the system in house. This is not a family business. If I would discuss anybody with her about church, the person should be in her fellowship. But somebody's marriage issue, then me and my wife are discussing it. What, what does it, how would, how does it help? Mind your business. If you don't have business, write to your president that they add you to their unemployment. Find something to do. Find something to do. Find something to do. Don't be sitting, some people, everybody's page, they are commenting. Hey, is that a job? You see, TV program, they are going to comment. What exactly is your profession? Find something to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Find something to do. We are looking for more people to preach Christ. So if you don't have a job, come and preach Jesus. Men will go to heaven. It will be credited to your account. Stop worrying about people's, hey, they are married. Are they, are, do they have a child? Is that your business? Do you want to go and impregnate their wife? Ah. My father said he was there. One man said, hey, there's a man, um, he says he works with one pastor who is divorcing his wife, so they want to talk to him so that they will pray for the pastor and they will give him details. He says, what do I need the details of? You are working for the man. Something, you have the privilege to know what is happening in his marriage. And you are coming to tell a stranger. He says, do I need details to pray for the man? Is it not just prayer we are going to pray? You are coming to tell me how many times he slaps his wife. So that I will say, God, he's been slapping five. Let it make two or what? Mind your business. Tell somebody, mind your business. Focus on your life. Focus on your Christian life. Focus on your career. Focus on your family. Focus. 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 Don't let anybody distract you from what you are doing. 
Don't let anybody play down. Speak ill. Don't listen to unnecessary comments. Some of them are envious comments. Somebody wrote something on Facebook and then the person went to sleep. Of course, a problem. No, I caught that. Then people are arguing. Then they say, Why is he? Why is he? Why is he? Then he came back after seven and said, I was asleep. And the people were fighting whilst he was sleeping. Why are you killing yourself? I'm going to pray today that in this year, I do more for Jesus. This year, I pray more. This year I won't be sleeping when others are praying. This year I will also preach for somebody to be saved. I will have people come to church because they knew God through me. I will have people I meet every week to teach them God's word. This week, this year, I become a better of me. I will not be known for negative. Negative will not be attached to my name. This year, I am focused. I won't complain about my country unnecessarily. There's nothing you are talking about we don't know. I won't speak ill of my family, of my church, of my country. I will speak what I want to see. I may not like what is happening, but I won't change. Not just for me. My children can't live in America. Apart from my economy, that is not good. Please, our training is better. Now, maybe I'm close to no be uncle to two uncle to two in our class. Sadi Bedrugan and Arches, that's a new call. That level where children will carry guns and be firing. We are not there yet. We are still doing police and thief. So, we don't, we are going to speak, speak into Ghana. Rise up on your feet. This was a message from the General Overseer of Yakal House, Reverend Gilbert Osei. We are available anytime for prayer, support, and counseling. Please don't hesitate to call us on 0544-600-600. That's 0544-600-600. We love you, and there's nothing you can do about it.